0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets.
1: But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the
0: Everyday Driver Car Debate. Happy Friday to all of you that are listening. When you hear this, we are actually in transit again. Can't believe it. We've packed it in, by the way. We have. We are headed to Seattle for our lemons race. First of two lemons races this year, which is kind of oddball, but very exciting. We are returning to the Ridge Motorsports Park up in uh, Tacoma area, and we are doing our second annual Lemons race up there, which is crazy sentence. This is cool. We are shooting it again as part of season four. Why are we shooting it again, you ask? Well, first off, we're going. And secondly, because this year we're in a mid-engine Porsche Boxster. It should be a very, very different race.
1: Yes, we're kind of racing to zero laps because the car itself is already owned (laughs) by Dale, who is the race organizer and instigator, I will say. Mm -hmm. He has... Offered up his car that was not running and has, he's owned for a number of years. But what you have to do is you have to go kind of beg for your life from the race organizers yeah, and say, yeah, yeah. I've already got this car because is a Porsche Boxster from 01 worth $500? No, it's not. I mean, not running in, in your driveway, still worth more than 500 actually now that I think about it. So yep. we've been penalized a lot of laps, which means we're racing to zero laps and then from there climbing into the points, hopefully. But the car's faster this year. Yes. It's a manual transmission. Yes. We should have power out of the corners and and we should have power on the streets. Well, yeah. I, I'm excited. Nobody's going to hear- gonna be cackling as they're passing us
0: here's, now. Here's the thing I'm most excited about. This may sound crazy. Passing people. <laughs> Just,
1: just to be able to pass someone because they are slower than me. That sounds exciting. <laughs> just, yeah, just power out of the hole. I'm fine with that. All right, so we're going to be there all weekend long, mm-hmm. but we are staying a day. We're going to be doing some fast blast shooting up there on of Monday, some K yeah. cars, which is going to be very fun. It's going to be hysterical. <laughs> but we are going to be having a meetup on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and it's going to be at the shop Seattle. You've probably seen me post. Various places before. I've been there, yep. as you probably know. My family's in the Seattle area, and so I've been there and been introduced to the shop, which is pretty awesome. The restaurant is called the Derby, mm-hmm. and it's an Ethan Stoll restaurant. And so we're going to be there about seven thirty, seven forty-five on Sunday night. What Sunday day night is the Sunday? 14th. Fourteenth of October. Thank you. So if you're listening to this Thank podcast
0: and it is past the fourteenth of October, we're sorry we missed you. But yes, if you're listening right. to it the Friday prior, that is this coming Sunday night, we'll be there. We will probably be there about seven thirty. Mm-hmm. We will kind mm-hmm. of be coming straight from the track with through some other errands in the process. But we're going to be there. We're going to be hungry. We're going to be eating. You, whoever you're listening, if, if you're in the area and you want to come say hello, you want to get some dinner, you want to not get some dinner, just say hello. Whatever. We'd love to see you. It's a, for everything you've told me. It's a very cool place. I'm excited to just oh, see it's, it. It's a great. place. And then I will be hungry and ready for dinner and any of you that want to come say hi all of that is good
1: too the website is the shop clubs plural so go to the shop clubs and you can find everything about it but the address is 2233 6th Avenue South in Seattle 98134 that's where we'll be 7.30, 7.45, 7.30, 7.45, somewhere in there, and we're just hanging out in the lounge, having yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. Come grab a beer, come have some food, hang out with us. We'd Please. love to meet you and see Please. you. Please, would be very cool. It's a cool place because it's not only car storage, but the shop actually has car meetups in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Just last weekend from this recording, the folks from Bringer Trailer were there, so yeah. they had a big yeah, meetup. Yeah. So you can find their Facebook page as well.
0: Well, you know, you and I had this meetup this past weekend that we're still, thank you to those of you that came, we're still getting some really nice kind of debrief emails from people that were here that had so much fun, yeah. so So did we. So it's funny to actually be somewhere else now in a totally different town, have opportunity to do a meetup again. I'm just excited.
1: It's going to be very cool. We've got two debates, but we are trying something brand new for us, Yes, we as are. a matter of fact, for this podcast, and it is a live debate mm-hmm. with the person who
0: wrote us the email. Yes. We've, we're calling Justin here in just a moment. We're going to call him. It's the first time we've ever done this. Now, you may have heard a while back, we actually had Edgar on the podcast who shoots for us. We talking did, Talking yes. about getting rid of his S2000, but yes. of course, we know Edgar, and we work with him, and he's been with us forever. This we, We've never met Justin prior to calling him in a moment, so that's going to be very cool. We're going to talk about the problem that he is driving his wife crazy... <laughs> So that will happen, and then we will do another car debate after the break for Dan. He's writing in as well, and then, of course, we have many, many questions.
1: All right. Well, let's see if we can get a hold of Justin here and jump into our first live debate. This is really so we can ask questions and kind of flesh out the email a little bit Mm -hmm. more, which I like. All right. Let's get a hold of Justin.
0: Justin, my friend, thanks for joining us for the first ever live car debate right here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, so you're kind of our guinea pig. We actually had Edgar on once, but of course, Edgar shoots with us. Edgar actually had a discussion about uh, his car debate, and Edgar's gone through a couple of cars since then. But Justin writes to us. We're hoping to do this a little bit more on the podcast going forward. We'll see. Just it's gonna I'm, honestly, it's gonna be arbitrary about the ones we pick and how often it happens. But Justin, your debate was kind of
1: great because it's not car specific. It's car disease related. It's it's Headspace specific, and I want to read you a little bit about Justin's email before we turn things over to him, because he's included a spreadsheet for us to look over as we're talking. (laughs) I love it. And I have not come to any conclusions, by the way. I don't know if you have, but I have not reached any particular conclusion in my mind, because... Justin has some explaining to do, and this is what we <laughs> want to do this is what we want to do with various live debates going forward is that hey there 's some information here, but why don 't you flesh it out a little bit more for us live and let 's talk it through and see if we yeah. can arrive at, at something that you 've got a direction you can wrap your head around for sure and uh, yeah, Justin, thank you for <laughs> being the guinea pig. This is going to be very interesting. Your spreadsheet is a lot of cars he 's owned over twenty cars since he got his license he 's now thirty seven and he likes driver's cars within a budget. Mm-hmm. And Welcome so, to our show right there. It's perfect. <laughs> exactly. He's driving his wife crazy with the Excel spreadsheets and the, the switcheroo of cars. Because as he's, as I said, over 20 cars since his license mm-hmm. in the $20,000 range. And Justin, I, I think you've got some explaining to do. I'm looking over your list and I'm seeing <laughs> a handful of enthusiast cars. There was the Mitsubishi Gallant VR4. You remember that car? Yeah, that's pretty cool, yeah. yeah How yeah. long did you have that car, Justin?
2: See, that's the funny thing. A lot of my more funner cars, I haven't owned very long because they're projects. And ah. I had to kind of get rid of them after a short amount of time because of the maintenance. I've recently concluded that I can't do a everyday car and a project car. So, well, I should say my my wife helped me conclude that.
0: I was going to say that was a wife discussion, wasn't it? I can hear that discussion actually (laughs) in the back of my mind.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a happy wife, happy life discussion. Excellent choice, by the way. Superb. Well (laughs) done, sir. The Conquest uh, TSI would also fall into that vein of a car that was more of a project. I probably uh, worked on that car with a friend of mine more than I even got to drive it. So that had to get sold so yeah then you know it's
0: time <laughs> yeah. to get sold well and unfortunately such is the nature of projects i mean unfortunately when they start a lot of times they never really finish so unless you can throw it at somebody and just have it be their project that you pay them to finish it's often hard when it's sitting in your own garage but but here's my question for you justin the cars you've had these 20 cars what do you what would you say is the average amount of time you've had one
2: um because i've owned a lot of them you know like two at a time i'd have kind of sure. like a A decent daily driver and then Mm -hmm. sort of a fun car on the Mm -hmm. side Um, the car my wife and I had the longest together which that was the 2003 Nissan Maxima for about probably six years but for some strange reason she let me modify that um Which you, is
0: part of the debate here. About are you hearing <laughs> the, the, the subtext there, which is, I modified it and made it worse. Am I correct? Well, <laughs>
2: she just said that the other day, because oh. we were talking about, we were having this conversation at a family dinner, and I was saying how it's was probably going to be on the podcast with you guys, and we got on the subject of that, and my wife's like, yeah, what you did to our car made it worse. <laughs> So, <laughs> all yeah, right, it's a matter okay. of opinion, of course. Understandable, but, you know. yes. perspective and yes, opinion. Yes.
1: But yeah, you wrote to us in the email. said you know she was saying stop modifying cars because you're throwing money away, and then you just get rid of it. Hmm. Well, we all never think we're throwing money away, of course not. But you're not going to get the value back out of it That's when true. you do wow, sell sure. it. And it sounds like yeah, you're telling us you're you're working on them more than you're actually driving. And honestly, I think some of us, I'm, I've kind of felt this i suppose and that is the having a project when the project is done you're kind of thinking well all right well now what i i drive it now really i thought i was still working i thought i was still (laughs) still turning screws and wrenching and what's my hobby now what do i do now you mean i actually get to go drive it that seems strange but it's i think it could be part of the disease baked into project cars you just are always tinkering and so then you think all right, well, what about a tune? What about this? What about that? And then is there a goal? Is there always a goal to get it driving? Or is the goal just to continually having this ever-expanding project? You know,
0: I think it depends on the car there. but
1: I suppose so. But all right, so, Justin, you've never owned German cars. You've always had domestic and Japanese. And I do love that you broke it down on the spreadsheet mm-hmm. into how many cars from each make that you've had. Not only the cars... Six cars from Honda, six GM cars, seven, no, six GM, seven Seven GM GM cars, cars, seven Nissans, and then kind of the smattering of others, yes. You know, broken up. So I guess, uh, you know, based on your question here, you're saying, is leasing for me? Hmm. And I wanted to touch on this because your budget is typically in the $20,000 range. If you're considering leasing... You want your budget to be higher. Leasing is really yeah. always going after a more expensive car because you can't afford the twenty mm-hmm. or, or say, a, a sixty, seventy thousand dollar range. And you think, well, how can I get into something hotter, better, more expensive? And I'm willing to, you know, fork over that monthly payment. Interesting point. It it doesn't correlate in my mind. I, I've never thought of, well, I've got a low budget. Should I lease? That's never correlated. It's always. I want to go bigger, but i can't afford to that 's why leasing is so popular
0: well there's a, there's a question justin if If you were leasing,
1: would you have
0: more flexibility in a monthly payment because the problem with twenty grand as a as a capper budget and lease is if you 're only shopping for let 's all think about the cars that are available brand new for twenty grand there's not a ton of stuff on that list period, and typically mm-hmm, the only mm-hmm. stuff available for lease is brand new so if you leased, would you have more money?
2: Yeah, I probably should have clarified that somewhat because I know. Uh, Many times you guys will recommend a a used vehicle. So it's more of a payment budget for me. So Mm -hmm. anywhere in the $300, I could probably cap it at $350 if I really uh, did something nice for my wife. But uh, it's kind of like $20,000 used, but thinking lease will stay in the $3 to $350 price range. Okay. Haven't we covered
1: Coach handbags as the kind of the... (laughs) Cover all the, the do purse it tax all. or the kitchen tax or the. Oh, we've had all
0: kinds of variations right. where the, my wife needs blank now so that I can have. fun. I forgot car. about the kitchen tax. That is a possibility. Justin, I have mm. another question for you because what's happening here is: look, you have the disease, we have the disease. I get it. Okay, I just got a new car in my driveway a week ago, and it doesn't mean I wasn't on Auto Trader and Auto Tempest this week looking at other things. I get it. I totally get it. My question for you is: of the cars you've owned, what's been your favorite? Do you have one that you're like, that's the car that got away, or that's the car I wish
2: I still had? Uh, not really. Um, I don't get very sentimentally attached to these cars for various reasons, but I I have some that were kind of tops in my list of favorites. I've loved my, my Acura Integras that I had.
0: Okay. Okay. And
2: that's why I I currently got, uh, my current car is a civic hatch manual Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's kind of in that same vein. Right. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed the Gallant VR4 a lot. I enjoyed okay. the Con- the Chrysler Conquest TSI a lot. The Lincoln LS was fun. Um, mm. What was fun about but, that?
1: Actually, I, <laughs> I have to ask. I'm stopping you there. What was fun about at the Lincoln. LS? No one's surprised you stopped Wh- at Lincoln. That's Why? Hysterical. Really? I'm genuinely asking.
2: So the Lincoln LS for me was it was probably more of a I liked it because. Other people thought it was more of a car than I should have because so many people confuse that with a BMW because of the look. Okay. But performance-wise, it was nowhere near. So um, <laughs> really, I, I modified it and had a set of wheels on it and stuff, okay. and All right. it was decent looking, but it wasn't the most uh, preferred driver's car. So
1: okay, because I. Told you. I think I've told this story in the podcast. When I interned at Ford, mm-hmm. I walked into the studio, and they were working on the LS at that point. Yeah. yeah. And I only saw it just a dead front view because of the way the doors were and the way the car was parked in there. Sure, sure. And I walked in, and I said, well, what's a BMW? What? That's a Lincoln? You're working on that? It, it mm. had such BMW flavor because of, yeah. you know, I think E46 back you know back then is really kind of where things were. And I, I just thought, all right, this is very different for Lincoln, but mm-hmm. uh, it's still not enough. It's still not pushed quite far enough for me. And I suppose you could continue to use that slogan, Lincoln. Not quite far. Yeah, enough. no kidding.
2: If I could, I would. Uh, I've heard of people coyote swapping those cars oh, and adding some handling bits to it. So, yeah. obviously, I don't have the money for that, but I can make car, the, ultimate
1: <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate Lincoln. The I, ultimate Lincoln. Where
0: do you buy that? It goes from Lincoln, nothing <laughs> to see here, to Lincoln, stop briefly, look for a second and move on. Why'd you pour money down that brad <laughs> hole? <laughs> I like it. Okay, so that's interesting. I, I'm going to recommend a couple of cars for you, and I want you to just kind of give me your, your gut reaction on them, because here's what I think needs to happen, Justin. I think we need to get you into a car that is designed to be a driver's car first and foremost.
1: That's kind of what I'm thinking too. I mean, I guess, do you agree with that, Justin? Are you looking for something that is more of a driver's car? Does it have to commute? Does it have to do all yeah, the things definitely. that Todd and I my, talk about?
2: My wife's car always kind of serves as the, you know, the people holler. We can use it to pick up friends and drive around. So it's just the two of us, so my car can be more driver-focused and less practical for the other thing. So that's probably okay. what I'm thinking, yeah.
0: Good, good. I think I think that's going to be a key thing. I think we need to free your mind up enough that you can go get something that is a driver-focused car mm-hmm. and see if mm-hmm. that experience connects you to the car in a way that you haven't so far. Because what I find interesting is some of the cars that you you talk about on your list that were your favorites, the Integra. Okay, Mm -hmm. the TSI, Mm -hmm. these these cars that that I would I would put them in the category of almost driver focused cars. They're close. They're still a little more do it all than a driver's car first. And that's why I wonder if that experience might change your headspace on your car. Now, I will also tell you and or maybe I will just kind of soothe your wife by saying this. You're never really going to stop. You're never really going to stop looking for the other thing, but, no, but, I, but no. I want you to like the thing in your driveway and, and to see the merits of it and to be excited about it for a time, even if that makes you go, you know what I should try next, which is actually okay. I think the problem is if you're getting out of cars and always losing money on them, and that's where the modding thing can eat your lunch, and I
1: think you know that. By the way, Justin, how much longer do you have on your lease for this Honda Civic Sport? Uh,
2: thus, the reason why I drive my wife nuts. Uh, two more years. Two more
1: years. Okay. So, you, yeah. Unless so you do a swap-a-lease. I'm already lease. looking at
2: like, yeah, so I did a three-year lease. Okay. Got another couple of years left. So, I'm already kind of looking at brand new cars that I could afford down the road if I did certified used perhaps. Sure. Something like that or, sure. yeah.
0: Well, okay. So, you've got two years. You could do the swap-a-lease thing. There are ways out of the lease. But then the question I have is what are you eyeing? To already 2 years away as a possibility for for when you get out what do you already have on your brain
2: so i uh, recently rewatched the episode where you guys you drove the echo boost mustang up mm-hmm. against some of your other sure uh, hits and right i really like the idea that echo boost mustang because of the price point as long as you don't get the insane mid 30s one stay yes. around like the mm-hmm. mid 20s one mm-hmm. um, right right And for me personally, we don't have, I live in Wisconsin. Um, We don't have what I would call like canyon roads around here, but we have, we have fun roads. Um, So I think I'd like a handling car, but maybe one with more power. So I'm kind of leaning maybe towards the EcoBoost Mustang over like a BRZ or 86 platform. Although I think that could be fun too. Sure. Um, Or maybe something kind of, Quirky that I've never had, like a Mini Cooper S, perhaps. Okay. You've got
1: a list here. You've got an Abarth on here, the new Sentra. Uh, what else? Mini Cooper S is on your list. Civic Si, GTI. Okay. I look. I like that Mustang for you,
0: and I'll say this right away, and that is, you could go get a used EcoBoost Mustang for twenty grand now you could get out of your lease and just go get one. Sure. I think that's a real possibility. depends
1: on how much it costs to get out of that lease. True, though. true, true. That that well, But hit. if we're
0: doing swap-a-lease, that, that's the intention I'm thinking. Is yeah, we're doing swap-a-lease so that somebody has just taken over that car. I'm, okay. I'm hoping for that scenario. I realize that might not be reality, but that's what I'm hoping for. I like that EcoBoost. I think chasing, honestly, my feeling for you is let's chase rear-wheel drive if we can. Let's I agree. Chase I agree and, to that. Yeah, Driver-focused rear-wheel drive. I'm going to give you a crazy one that actually might work here. Hmm. why don 't you shop used eighty six chassis that somebody else has supercharged
1: you mean if somebody else has already poured the money into parts exactly
0: because you 're going to get those cars for not much more than than they would be otherwise I mean, my guess is with hmm. fifteen sixteen grand you can get somebody else 's supercharged version of that car now, in most cases, I would say don 't buy somebody else 's project, but that car has been kind of how do I put it? Unified in the way people modify them. It depends on how these, well sorted the build is, for true. sure. But if you get somebody's established, like the Jackson Racing Supercharger that most everybody has put on that car, you get that, or the Edelbrock, or one of the big names right. that got set up right, you could possibly buy somebody else's Supercharge when then you don't have to modify it and you get all of the above. I'm wondering. that I, It's almost a wild card thinking, but I'm wondering about that.
2: It's not a bad idea. It's funny you mentioned because in my ongoing quest of always looking at cars there are a few in my area where somebody has already turbocharged or Mm -hmm. supercharged them and Mm -hmm. you're right they are absolutely no more money Mm -hmm. than the stock version of that car
0: because you can't get your money back out and you spent five or six extra grand on top of that car but they're still the same as the used prices of the
1: one next to it that hasn't anything done justin does it have to be have the built feel whether you do it or somebody else does it does it have to be Hey, it's been modified, and I I have some sort of build because there's plenty of people we've driven cars around here. the the eighty three Volkswagen Rabbit with the A four sure. engine at one point eight turbo yeah, yeah. engine yeah, in that yeah. thing. He said no, I didn't build it. It was a father son team. Then mm-hmm. I just bought it like mm-hmm. that. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does it need to have a build feel, or are you gravitating more towards brand new cars with this lease budget or lease thinking now?
2: I am open to pretty much anything is i do want it to be you know somewhat reliable but uh okay. you know i've i've had like that maxima i had um was a 7 years on that i've had other cars for like upwards of like 2 years and i've gotten rid of it mm-hmm. so i'm open to really anything um my wife would probably encourage me to have something a little bit newer because she would think it would be more reliable even Certainly. if it necessarily yeah. doesn't mean that.
1: There's yeah. always that comfort, but, you know, the the blanket of, you know, security, you think <laughs> it's gonna be fine, but on the other hand it does have a warranty, so yeah. there is that.
2: But a supercharged 86 platform, I can tell her that it's a special edition, and um, (laughs) she'd probably roll with that.
0: (laughs) You realize she's going to be listening to this this podcast. That ruined that. But here's the thing, though. All of those cars are going to be 2013 or newer. And if you found one – here's the other thing I just thought. If you found one in your area, then you can figure out who's the shop that did the work. So if there's an oddity, you have a place to go back to. If you're crazy like me and you buy a, cro- a car cross-country, you're screwed. But if you buy one in your area and there's a, and there's a shop in your area, that, or, or at least within easy driving distance, unless it's a, go... Unless
1: it's a private build,
0: though. Yes, but, but in most cases, though, if those guys are doing Jackson Racing Superchargers, they probably went and got a tune. Now, maybe it was just as simple as the True. open flash tablet. Now, that yeah. would be the thing. If you could find the one... Sorry, I'm off on a rant now about this car. If you could find one that had, like, a Jackson Racing Supercharger and an open flash tablet tune that's all pull out of the box plug plug and play if they bolted it on right it's going to work or it's not
2: right sure you
0: know or if you found somebody who did a supercharger but they took it to this tune shop locally then if you buy buy that car you can go to that tune shop and be like i i need this running right or if it if it isn't and it probably is because these are not unless somebody's chased 500 wheel horsepower in their in their 86 it probably just runs if they, if they did the normal thing where it's like mm. 250 mm. horsepower now, it probably is reliable. So I do recommend that. I like your EcoBoost a lot. Plus, if you get a little bored, and, I, and I, I'm going to challenge you. Whatever you get, don't touch it for six months. Don't, don't, don't do a thing. Just drive it and enjoy it. Find some roads to enjoy it. Because these rear-wheel drive cars will need good roads. So chase good roads, chase good good, good tires. Yep. But I'm going to say six months in, if your EcoBoost Mustang, you want to give it a little bit more, then let's just stay with computer tuning. Let's not go anywhere else. Let's just let's let's just do like a Cobb tune or whatever on the EcoBoost Mustang. Maybe I think you can leave it alone though, because those are surprisingly good for the money. I'm also going to say it. I need you to go drive a Miata. You haven't really one. Really, but at least go drive it. At least go drive it. It is so different than the stuff you've owned. It will be reliable. With 20 grand, you can get a couple year old one. It's just going to work, and I think you and your wife would both enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I've thought about that. Um I test drove a first gen with her. Okay. And I I almost bought it. Um and she she just didn't like she she thought that it felt rickety. I can see that um, with an it.
1: sure. Sure.
2: I know the new ones. I could probably put her in that and she would probably think it's completely different or the generation before she probably wouldn't even mm-hmm. think it's the same car.
0: I'm going to say to you get in the third gen, the NC the generation prior to the current one the third gen nc power retractable hardtop find one of those my guess is the nicest one in the country right now is under 20 grand so find one in your area drive that with your wife obviously they're not big cars but that feels quite refined compared to that first gen so i think you need to at least have a, have a test drive probably with your wife of that car i think that's worthwhile I have one other wild card, but I think we're in a good category here because I want you in something rear-wheel drive. I think that might be the magic here. Rear-wheel drive focused sports car could be the thing. I do too.
2: So I'm curious, uh, would you go supercharged 86 platform over stock EcoBoost Mustang?
0: Personally, yes. Personally, I would because I like the 86 that much. The 86 is running, depending upon spec, 500 to 700 pounds lighter than the EcoBoost. Yeah, that would be my guess. And that is the difference yeah. because of that lightness. And I love the handling feel of the 86 so much. That's why I would go that route. Now, the EcoBoost Mustang is going to be a nicer place to sit. It's going to be a nicer place to commute. And it's. let's be honest, if it's stock versus the supercharged one, you have a little bit of that uh, kind of safety net of this car is straight from the factory and it just needs to run. I I will admit you've added the supercharger to the 86. There could be anomalies. Mm.
2: Hmm. Gotcha. Wife factor, too, for nicer cabin.
0: Yes. I mean, here's the thing. There is that, yeah. It it depends on your wife's perception. Because, for example, my wife always thought our 86, the FRS we had, she had no problems with the interior. It's not luxurious, but she was like, why do people complain? This is fine. It's going to depend on your, your wife's proclivities for how nice does a car need to be. She might get in and be like, why do people complain? This is fine, which is what was my wife's perception. But it's got, I mean, you've seen it. It's got simple bells and dials and nothing in it is, is like, wow, that's a really nice switch gear
2: there. It's its fine. Mm-hmm. Well, Agreed. Yeah, sounds good.
1: Is her car the 2017 Nissan Rogue? Is that what I'm seeing on your spreadsheet? Yeah, here?
2: that's her current car, yeah.
1: Okay, all right. i right. Uh, I'm looking through this spreadsheet. I see no cars that are even close to Europe, let alone Germany. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> you probably it's could have seen It's preconceived ideas. It's preconceived ideas of maintenance costs, but I think I'm warming up to the idea of going German.
1: Are you? I'm thrilled to hear you say that because I have a car in mind that, can you tune? Sure. Do you need to? Not really. A BMW 235i. Or even a two twenty eight I okay yeah I feel I like it. from a small car perspective rear wheel drive you can choose your transmissions for for twenty grand you're you can hell we're gonna have to bump it up a little bit it's me that you're talking to <laughs> well, sure. Paul, Paul I was wondering
2: when this was gonna come there you
0: <laughs> go brace yourself Justin Now it gets grand worse.
1: Yep. well all right but you know if you're in the three to three fifty that's the best part about payments and leasing you never talk about purchase price. <laughs>
2: Never. Right. Just ignore it. Whatever.
1: Let's just talk about monthly payment.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll just prep you yeah. right now. The conversation comes up where the guy says, well, you can handle another $10 a month. Just buy one less coffee. That's coming. I'm just saying, put that in Perfect. your brain right. so I that it just hits a thinking. bell when he says it. Yeah.
1: Just go out to lunch one less day per week, and you've got it. It's solved, right?
2: right. Here we go. Here black, we go. That's I'm, that's I'm listening to the master. All right. All right. Go on. Go on,
1: sir. So I'm, I'm looking at this, the BMW, even the 228i. I'm thinking... Because of Todd and I have beat the cheese out of these cars yeah, on the track. They do really We've well. We've driven them extensively. I'm still just thoroughly impressed by reliability. I mean, you said you're warming to the maintenance. If you keep on top of it, mm-hmm. and and look at it less like a toaster, but. You're already thinking project car, and you're already thinking about doing some wrenching, which means time and money on your own. Whether you do it to this car or you have somebody else do it, it's still sort of allotted in your life. You've still mm, kind of made annoying. space for that, right?
2: Theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. I can, <laughs> I can see it. We're
1: we're bumping up against theory, but you know, welcome to the ocean of reality, right? Yes, unfortunately, yes. So yes. I'm I'm looking at this car, thinking, could we get into? I've found them for twenty six to twenty eight. Those are nice ones, but if we go back to, say, 2015 and look for even a 228i, and yes, like I said, are there things that you can do to it? Sure, there's plenty of stuff out there. Is it generally going to be in a higher price category than modifying a Miata or an 86? Well, yes, yes, it is. But I I so badly want you to start to have a European car and specifically a German car experience Mm. to add to your portfolio. I mean, you've had a lot of cars, so it's kind of like... When are you going to get to it? It's not if, but when.
0: Right. That's a fair question. I mean, we, there, I think that's a life experience worthwhile, Justin, for sure.
2: Yeah, I've almost bought a GTI numerous times, and then I've usually chosen a Japanese car over that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I've, I've, I've wanted to in so many different times in my life to own a, a European car. I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. So,
0: and, and maybe I s-
2: now that I'm ever so slightly mature about modifying them. I could just enjoy a stock one might be go. the
0: way to go. <laughs> well, well here, here's a thought for you. And I like your GTI, except for the fact that in this discussion, I really want you in something rear-wheel drive. That's that what is, I'm That thinking. is a sports car in field. But I but I, the, GTI is like on the cusp of where you are. But I will say this, though. Two that I want you and hopefully you and your wife to go drive. They may not be. Let's buy these, but you really need to have this experience because I think either one of them you would enjoy owning both German. If we're going to go German, I'm going to bring up two. Both of them you can get for twenty grand. Okay. Mm-hmm. The three thirty five is. Now that is the E ninety two body style, so not the current. Oh, you're going 3 backwards. Series, not okay. the current three series. Okay. The prior three series. The okay. end of its lifespan. Three thirty five specifically the is. That is You've probably heard us talk about it on the podcast before. That is actually more torque than the same M3. It is a very classy 2 plus 2 body style. And for 20 grand, they just exist. They're just out there. So that's an option. The other one I want you to go drive I'm going to say it before you do, Paul. Uh oh. Base Porsche Cayman. All right. For 20 grand, they're out there. Now, I don't know this is your car, but go find one and drive it because the Base Porsche Cayman is going to feel like nothing you've owned. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I yeah, will yeah. say this because, you know, Chance who's on the podcast, he and his wife have a Boxster of that 987 generation. <laughs> you Paul had a 987 same generation first gen. Everybody we know that has one of these cars, they just work. You have to do your scheduled maintenance, but they just work.
1: As so, as you do to any German car. Of course
0: you do. Of course you do. But but that's the big thing. I think people understandably look at Porsche's and see money pit. They have expensive maintenance intervals, but they typically don't just randomly break. Sometimes but generally not. So at least go drive one. And I and I can almost I can almost project <laughs> your wife's going to say we're not buying a Porsche they're too expensive. But the thing is, 20 grand you could buy one and then maintenance is just a reality.
2: All of this is very interesting. Yeah, you're bringing up a few things that I haven't considered. So that's I know another thing I need to do is when I buy the car, buy it right and i've had a tendency in the past of wanting to switch cars so fast mm, yeah, that sure. either I'll sell it for less than I should or trade it in, so I'm trying to be more smart with you know the money factor sure. as well about how sure. to buy how to buy right when to get rid of it so no you're that's you're absolutely right as well
1: you're absolutely right, and think of it this way if you decide to continue along with the Honda that you've got the twenty eighteen that you've got now look at BMW 2 series that are the 2016s 2017s now in 2 years you're definitely sure. buying yeah, yeah. those right yeah, yeah. 86s you can buy two of them for 20 grand <laughs> in that time span <laughs> yeah, for sure for sure i've got one last car to leave you with justin and this is in the category of uh happy wife happy life it's a four door okay. it's i mm-hmm. i look at it as the korean 3 series Okay. And it's undriven by us yet and still untested by everyone, but in two years when your lease is up, it could be in the sweet spot because it does come with a manual, at least that's what we're being told, it's rear-wheel drive. Where have you gone? The Genesis G70, two-liter yeah. turbo. Okay, yeah. 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 Now, very uh, in, in the category of invisible on the road, mm-hmm. invisible, mm-hmm. but... I'm I'm just putting it out there as a, huh, this is coming. We could, you know, could be something. Again, we haven't driven it. I would like to get in this at some point. But Genesis yeah. is its own brand now. Mm-hmm. It is being headed up by a different studio head. They are carving it off from the mothership of Hyundai. And it's its own brand. It's more on the luxury scale. And so from a, you know what? It's going to run. Mm-hmm. It's got a more luxurious interior. It's brand new mm-hmm. and it's still rear wheel drive and manual and it's a four door, therefore, it's practical. Mm-hmm. It's a consideration, but again, we haven't driven it yet. True. Something to interesting.
2: Think about. Well, I'll look for you guys' review on that and then maybe go test drive myself when they come out. Okay. We, we definitely need to do that. We yeah, definitely for sure. need Plus to do that. Plus, it shares farm. some
0: chassis components with the Kia Stinger, which is all good news. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah. Justin, I, I hope we've helped. Uh, <laughs> Instead and, of added and, to and the. And, the to, and to your wife, I really interest. hope we've helped. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I want you guys to go drive some stuff, but I really want you to shop rear wheel drive sports car focus to see if you can find something where you just go oh I get it now our friend Shane was just out here for the meetup, uh-huh, and right. he drives a Fiesta ST that he loves Right, but he touroed a rear wheel drive Mercedes while he was out here and he said to me in passing at one point he was like I'd gone like four blocks and went oh I get it because <laughs> that rear-wheel drive is a different uh-huh. animal. And rear-wheel drive focused sports car. I mean, I realize you've had some rear-wheel dr- drives in your in your, in your your life. But that focused sports car, modern focused sports car rear-wheel drive is a different animal. And that's why I want you driving things like the Cayman and the 86 and, and even the EcoBoost Mustang. Just give those at least a good test drive with your wife and just go, what do I think? Because I want you to find a car that literally two blocks from where you parked it, you'd think, this is cool to drive. That's what I want for you.
2: It makes sense. I think I've had too many cars that I've tried to make it practical and fun, and I just need to kind of go for it, I think, on that rear-wheel drive architecture and get something that I'll enjoy for a little longer. Well, and
0: if you don't need it it to have a whole lot of practicality right now, Lotus, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) But if you don't need a lot of practicality right now, that's the thing. Embrace that time of your life where you're just like, this car still
2: works.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Hit me up in two years when you're selling your Lotus. Okay. Hey, (laughs) maybe it'll be raffled. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Exactly. (laughs) It's
1: not we want the spreadsheet to stop, Justin. It's we want to help you curate it more specifically and cleanly instead of just continuing to buy cars and add to it. And then the list of cars grows. It's now I think you're at the point where you can consider and probably have the money to be able to curate that list from here on out.
2: Mm. Mm. I agree. Yeah, my wife agrees with that as well I know she's she said that I need to just try to find a car that I'll enjoy and uh, try to stick with it for a while so yeah she agrees with you guys on that as well for sure
0: Every now and then, every now and then, we don't make things worth, worse for the wife. We'll see. We'll see. It remains to be seen here with Justin. That's Honestly, the whole point. We're here to not make it worse. Yeah.
1: If it's the same and we hang up, yeah. great.
0: Everyday driver, not making it worse. That's gonna. That's gonna right. sell t-shirts and caps like crazy. Hey, no. But Justin, thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for being kind of our very first ever live car debate. We hope to do more of these. And as you make decisions here, please let us know. We, want, we not only want the update, but we want to share it too.
2: Will do. Thank you for having me. It's been fun.
1: Justin, thanks a million. Appreciate it.
2: Yep. Bye-bye.
1: That was actually really cool. I liked doing that a lot. Well, I like the ability to ask questions, and Mm -hmm. my choices kind of changed. I was thinking some cars at first because, as you heard, he gave us a spreadsheet, and then he gave us things he was considering all in the right-hand column. And I was looking at that, hearing what he was saying, and then thinking, You know, what about this car, these Mm -hmm. cars? And it actually changed because you and I usually, because the email is all we have in front of us, we kind of settle on choices, as you know. But it actually changed for me as we were talking, which is nice because we can ask probing questions and kind of find out a little bit more. But, Justin, thank you so much for being on with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So we have another car debate coming up for Dan right after the break.
0: And we'll be back also with questions. So stay with us. If you like comedy and sports, you're probably going to like Riggle's Picks with Rob Riggle and Sarah Tiana. He's that actor that's been in, you should look at his IMDb page, it's huge. He's been in about every comedy you can think of,
1: and he has a podcast on Podcast One. You've probably seen Rob in many movies, in The Other Guys, I love him in The Other Guys, and he's in the movie Night School with Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish, but you can hear him every week on the funniest sports podcast around with co-host Sarah Tiana. So check out the sports podcast Wriggles Picks every Thursday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite
0: podcast. While you're there, rate that one and rate this show too.
1: Hey, we've got to talk about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports and cars, and they get it. Amsoil has created a guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It's insider tips from some of the
0: best in the business on coaxing more power out of your engine. You can get your
1: copy for free at
0: amsoil.com slash driver. Plus, you can learn how the Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than
1: is required by the industry standard. So don't forget, go to amsoil.com slash driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower.
0: Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's
1: add Save Hundreds of Dollars in Car Insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the
0: most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
1: We are back with Dan, who writes to us. We're not sure where he lives, but he's writing to us because <laughs> he's looking for an under-the-radar sports car. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of wide open. The budget is healthy, which yeah, is good. Yeah. But you need to know his story here because he's having trouble finding something that fits very specific criteria. Yeah. He, I
0: love your list actually because you've said this is these are the things I'm specifically chasing. I have some fun requests
1: for you, some fun ideas for you. But let's let, yeah go on. I actually think I've got his car. And oh, do you? It's very different. I didn't know okay, that these good. were this low in price. And I say low because we're working with a thirty thousand dollar budget. He's bumped the limiter to 31. Who does Ooh, that?
0: Yay. Whole
1: extra $1,000. Yeah. Dan, I'm kidding. I, I I love that your budget is great. I'm mean, at 30, 31. Perfect. Yep, we're, for sure. we're in a great spot. Dan is co-buying the company that he works for in December and will officially be buying a company car shortly thereafter.
0: Tax write-off. <laughs> company Hoon Mobile. <laughs> you put the logo Ooh. on the side and it just go
1: sideways everywhere? Ooh, I like that. Company Hoon parking. Yes. Right in front. That does mean you get to make your own parking space right in front, right? It does, yeah, for sure. Uh All right, so he's wanting something that's fun to drive, but doesn't raise any eyebrows with his partner, who is a non car person. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. But that's the question is this
0: partner, her her demeanor is going to be a little odd if he pulls up in like this crazy hot thing the week after they buy the company. She's going to be like,
1: (laughs) what are you doing? No Civic type Rs or STIs with giant wings. And, you know, if he buys a performance car, there's going to be the inevitable questions about. Well, you spent how much money? Mm-hmm. That's what we talk about all the time. It's perception of True. you know a True. used car yeah. that you bought, yeah. and it looks and is more expensive. It's you know very expensive when you take it in for service. It's it feels the actual MSRP, but he's thinking you know maintenance from a Mercedes mm-hmm. and BMW standpoint. Well, I, what I like about this is he actually gives us a
0: list on body style, powertrain, and drivetrain. His preference is wagons. It actually, here's what it says. It actually says, "I love wagons and hatches. I would settle for a sedan, but it better be amazing." That's interesting. That's pretty cool. You have an amazing sedan. Great. I do. So I actually stayed with with uh, hatches and wagons. He would prefer rear wheel drive. But think, think for a second. All of you listening, just just pause and think rear-wheel-drive wagons for thirty That's like a count-on-one-hand list, okay? Yeah. But luckily, all-wheel-drive is possible as well, so we're avoiding front-wheel-drive, and he would like to have decent power but doesn't see any reason for Hellcat powertrains, which I kind of agree with in this scenario.
1: (laughs) So this is what we're shopping for. He's 33, father of two. He's got a two-year-old and a three-year-old, and the current company car is a Buick Lucerne with the North Star V8. Ooh. So with that North Star, you can leave a good, what, 40 yards of rubber? Probably, the intersection? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really get on it, drop, you know, the transmission out of the back of the car. You can <laughs> come back for it later. It's going to be Really great. Yeah. get on it. All right. Here's the twist, though. He imported a 91 Suzuki Cappuccino last spring. <laughs> I love that. And it satisfies his autocrossing needs, his weekend horseplay desires. And he even sent us a picture, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, autocrossing yeah. a Cappuccino. I love this. I absolutely love it how cool is this which tells me he doesn't need the car that we choose for him to fulfill the needs that the cappuccino's already doing absolutely true absolutely so therefore true. Yep. we can go in yep. a bit of a different direction i'm thinking four doors i'm thinking rear wheel drive mm-hmm. and i am going to bring the sedan noise wow all right good for 30 grand good, i good. don't even need 30 i actually I'll
0: stayed you know. i actually stayed in wagons and i have you? to go there i have to go there just just for the laugh. I have to go there. Have you shopped Mitsubishi Lancer Rally Arts? <laughs> have you shopped the Sportback? Because Why I could spend I could I spend a coming? third of your budget. And you could come away with one of those. Ask me how I know. No, I actually don't think that's the car for you, but it is kind of funny because it is the wagon that no one will question. I mean, honestly, it's, mm. if you got it in a color other than the blue color I got it in or the crazy orange that it comes in, which I also really like. But if you got it in a normal color, nobody would be like, you bought an economy wagon from Mitsubishi. Nobody cares. And yet it's still hoonable fun and it cost you 10 grand. I have to put it there. Even hoonable though I'm, I'm, corporate fun. Exactly. Even though I'm, I'm mostly kidding.
1: But of course, it's on my mind because I just got one. I had to say it. All right, I'm actually going to start with my car that I think you Dan. Go for I'm it. Go gonna, for I'm going to do the opposite order. I'm going to give you the choices that I kind of wasn't sold on personally, but I'm All going right. for the car. Okay. Because you said if it's going to be an all-wheel dr- or an, a rear-wheel drive sedan, it better be amazing, and I think it is. Okay. There's a bit of a debate about it, hmm. but the sedan is a 2017 Infiniti Q50 Red Sport 400. With 10,000 miles for 30 grand. Seriously? I didn't realize they were that low. 2016s are even less for $28,000. That's a find. 400 horsepower, turbocharged, rear wheel drive sedan. They're the red sport. They're not all red. That's just the name. It's of the, their yeah. It's their, it's Im, their, it's their M car equivalent. If just like will. Mercedes yeah. does yeah, yeah. the black edition Mercedes, and then that they're comes yellow. Other colors sometimes. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I anyway. Yep. And it. it, it, it's that kind of thinking. All right. So I'm looking at this car. And I'm thinking, why not? Because you've got the cappuccino over here. You've mm-hmm, got the autocross mm-hmm. needs. You've got the tracking and the fun. I just want to go play around car. Sure. And this car is really nice. It's very corporate. From an interior luxury standpoint, it's got Mm. four doors for the kids in the back seat. Yeah. It's a rear-wheel drive, lots of horsepower. You said you didn't need a Hellcat, but 400 horsepower is still pretty healthy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The biggest thing that you're going to have to go decide on, Dan, is this steering feel Mm. that is very much the thing about these cars. It's a drive by wire steering. Yeah, agreed. It's a, it's a bit of a question mark for the it's, enthusiasts. It's called Infinity's Direct Adaptive Steering D A S. Yeah, I hear you. And there's no physical connection between the steering wheel and the steering rack. That that sounds concerning, but it yet does. Infinity has put them on sale with a warranty. <laughs> <laughs> There's there no are.
0: recall happening. Well, but, but also it's, it's that thing that happened with aircraft. Okay, all aircraft flying now are pretty much fly-by-wire. All your commercial aircraft, all your fighter jets, everything's fly-by-wire. But
1: I don't know that we feel that comfortable about it yet. Right. In cars. Here's the good part about this equation. Mm-hmm. Doing so, Infinity doing so, that it is a disconnected rack, they get to change the settings through standard sport and sport plus modes. So therefore there's more of a blank canvas, I would say, to play with the steering feel, (laughs) but it's all digital. It's all the information of a blank canvas, I'll give you that.
0: (laughs) It's 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 you know what? The 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 steering got harder because the hub said so. It's
1: not because there's more steering (laughs) feel. Because the button said so in the center console Exactly right, because
0: somewhere a one and zero went
1: flip. (laughs) That's exactly it. We're going to start seeing more of this. Other car Uh manufacturers are going to try this. I know it's going to happen. Yeah, it will be. It will be. So it's the good and the bad, and you're going to have to be the one to decide. But on the other hand, these cars are luxurious, beautiful, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rear-wheel drive sedan with a lot of horsepower. That's such a rare thing. Yeah, okay. I see. And a great price. 2016s, like I said, I found one for 28. dollars I went, really? They're that low? They've dropped that low? Because Mm. they were almost a $50,000 car brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get this, I change the steering feel with a button kind of thing, but it could actually be invisible on the corporate side, yet you could lay 50 feet of rubber, we'll say, out of the parking lot at the end of the, you know, you've had a rough day and going to pick up the kids. <laughs> slide sideways out of the parking lot. Well, these Bye. boys say, boss leave leaving again. <laughs> exactly. It's, it could be that balance. I see it. I see I'm, it. I'm wondering. You've given me an
0: idea. This is my sedan for you, Dan. I like it. You've given me an idea, as we've talked, that I've actually just looked it up while we've been talking. Oh, really? And I have found an alternative to what you've just said. I didn't have any sedans, and now I do. Oh, you do? Okay. I have one right. sedan for you, Dan. Here's here's where I want you to go. Go look. You're going to be surprised. Alpha Romeo Julia. Really? The base TI rear-wheel drive, thirty grand in your pocket. You can go buy one right now. You can buy them right now. Very corporate and grown up. It's an adult car. But also at the same time, it's not a, I just bought bland corporate sedan. It's got flavor. It's got style. And you and I have driven the base version. Okay. It's a little turbo four and it's actually great. It's got decent power. It looks really nice still. It's got a lot of room in the back. It doesn't have the world's most luxurious interior. But honestly, this is a sedan with some serious style and presence and great steering feel
1: crazy enough it actually has a metal shaft connecting the steering wheel to it's the a wheels. a weird weird old school thing i know yeah. i can't believe it either we
0: actually you and i drove one we, we touro one in la a while back mm-hmm. and we actually took it to a canyon to just see it and it was not that long after we'd driven the quadrifoglio which is the big boy which guess what can't get for 30 grand but we we, we <laughs> nope. drove that we drove that base version we were genuinely surprised by how much fun it was to drive hard Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't have it when we started talking. But honestly, Dan, at least go look. At least go
1: look. No, that's good. Because my other cars were the IS350 and the Cadillac ATS. I'm kind of liking solid, the Cadillac ATS. But solid choices. But you might think, well, too, too corporate Personally, I'd do the Julia over both of those. Yeah, probably. I personally would. I probably. mean, I'm weird, but I would. I could see that. I'm I'm still landing on my Red Sport 400, though.
0: Okay. No, I think that's excellent. I have two others for you, Dan, and they are both hatchbacks. Actually, all three are hatchbacks: two hatchbacks and a wagon. I guess if I want to really get specific about it, just above your budget. Yes, that's right. I'm I'm applying my own non limit. Really? But I have to put it out there because I wonder if you might be the right buyer. Okay. The new all right. Buick Regal Tour X. The new Buick <sighs> oh, Regal wagon. Really? They start closer to 40, so they're probably out.
1: Maybe if the dealer but, drove one around for 8,000 miles. And but I'm ridding, just thinking,
0: you're a guy who likes wagons. You want a different wagon. I just thought, isn't that exactly the build sheet of this car? Hmm. So I, I have to at least mention it. I think it's probably just, just out for money. But I have to put it out there. You know what you can get for this money, though? You do have options in the world of hatchbacks. Two all-wheel drive, genuinely fun to drive hatchbacks. And if you get them in a gray or black color they will blend. Okay, Golf R and also Focus RS.
1: Oh, okay. All right. What
0: about a Focus RS? I'm kind of going to stand on that for a minute. The kids will like drift mode. Because those cars in black, I think, are kind of innocuous. Unless you know what it is, the co-head of the company bought a black hatchback. A, A conservative... Bland not, looking, you know, maybe it's a, is it a little young for him? Maybe, but it's a, just a black hatchback. It doesn't, I mean, sure. even, even the wing on that, if you will, the wing is like the, the flat wing that goes on the back of the hatch. It's not like a wing. You know what I mean? Well, true. So, it's, so it, it kind of, yeah. unless you, if you know what it. now you're going to have some employees going to be like, you bought an RS. That is super cool. But the people I think, who know will be But everybody else shocked. is going to not have any idea. Yeah, true. And the Golf R is in the same category. Now, even more conservative, but it's in the same category. You drive a Golf R, and it may as well just be a GTI, and you bought a Golf, and nobody cares. There is that as far as visuals are concerned. The The RS says notice me a bit more, but it's also the better. If you wanted to talk about avoiding front-wheel drive, the Golf R is mostly front-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. The RS is not, which is why I think
1: it might be the better call. You have to decide, Dan, with the car that you buy, do you want to be the guy that you drive everybody to lunch that everybody says, let's take Dan's car? (laughs) Or do you want to not be that guy and you just, you know, back it off a little bit? But if you do get something that is, you know, really that kind of fun, guess who's driving to lunch every day? Why not?
0: Yeah. Bring it. Hopefully something there has been helpful to you, Dan, uh, and we have obviously are having fun with the fact that you co-own a company and we can hoon on the, on the lunch break. <laughs> corporate I think hoon. that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, corporate hoon. There's, there's a shirt. That's probably some sort of startup. I don't know what they do, but there's probably some startup <laughs> called corporate hoon. Sure, Let's there is. Let's move on to audience questions. Uh, I'm going to stay with one that relates to this. Uh, Scott asked me a question about my rally art. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He asked me about the weight of it because – it's about a 36 or 3700 pound car. Now, if you've been following along with the story, this is the heaviest car I've owned in years by about a thousand pounds. Okay, it's actually a pretty good size car. It's pretty large. It's, it is. It is. It when, doesn't when, feel small. When the guy pulled it off the transport truck, my wife was across the parking lot in the convenience store, and mm-hmm. she thought, "Oh, that's not it. That's a Blue Macan." No, no, that was it.
1: <laughs> You're no, no, me. that was it.
0: She thought it was a. That, she was like it's a Blue Macan. No, wait, that is it.
1: It's CUV ish in it, a way.
0: Well, here, here's what's crazy. It's not a CUV, but yet the kind of things that are being shopped as CUVs right now. It's as big or bigger than things like the Macan or the GLA,
1: Mitsubishi you had your chance you could have kept it going who knows so new we had to do ellipse crosses or eclipse crosses he's asking me
0: he's saying that the reviews he's read are the weight is the issue now look it's a it's a thousand pound heavier car than stuff i've owned recently we keep laughing about the fact that i bought myself a truck it does feel heavier but honestly it does not feel like it's sluggish Mm. that turbo is it's running about 240 horsepower so it's down about 50 from the evo but the evo is kind of the definition of hair on fire when it's on boost. So this feels a little more normal more of the time, but yet has plenty of pull. I actually really like it so far. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You've asked me, am I going to modify it? I don't know. (laughs) Well, (laughs) except for one thing, it already has an aftermarket exhaust on it. And I kind of hate it. (laughs) I have to say, I kind of hate it. It sounds good outside the car, but you get up to like freeway speeds and you go, that's got to stop. So since this is a car that, let's be honest, I own a Lotus Elise. I've got plenty of loud rattle in my life, okay? I love that car. It's amazing. (laughs) I will keep driving it and loving it all the time. I do carry earplugs in the car of Lotus Elise. I'm fine with that. This car is my, I know this sounds insane. I bought a Mitsubishi Lancer and it's now my luxury car. But as a result, the exhaust is a little loud. Plus, I have ran it before. About every time I have changed the exhaust on a car, I've regretted it. And now, buying sight unseen (laughs) cross-country, it shows up and I went, that's an aftermarket exhaust. You're changing it back. So I may put the stock exhaust back on my my Rally Art. If you are out there listening and you have a Rally Art with a stock exhaust and you would like to go trades, I'm up for that. I'm putting it out there. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, you never know. I have what is genuinely a very cool sounding aftermarket exhaust. It's just wrong for how I'm going to use this car. If you want to trade, let's figure out shipping. I got I got bolts. Let's, let's get this done. I'm saying, Love it. there it is.
1: Love it. All right. On Facebook, Robert T. asks about our car debates and about the specificity, whether or not our budgets or the people writing in their budgets or cash or finance. Mm-hmm. Nobody really says. They true, just have true, kind true. of figured out this is about as much as I want to spend, whether that's broken up into I can afford a cash lump sum or mm-hmm. I can afford that monthly payment, even though I might have just said – Ignore the final purchase price of the car. I might have said that. (laughs) You might have said that. I'm mostly kidding on that. But he asks, you know, he says, we recommend older vehicles to purchase, but it's his understanding that most popular lenders do not offer loans for cars in excess of 7 to 10 years old. That can be true. So does this come up as a factor in our research? It does. It certainly does. But both of us have found that credit unions, generally speaking, are more amenable to offering you... They have programs where you can go, you know, say the five to new, you know, five years old to Mm -hmm. new and then the five to ten and then older than that. And then some of them even have classic uh, periods where, you know, they know people are still buying and selling cars and they're open to it. But it depends on your relationship with the lender. Certainly, for sure. You're right. The big banks. They're probably going to dismiss you. Mm-hmm. But credit unions are a different deal and they want your business. Mm-hmm. And they're sometimes more likely to offer a lower interest rate for financing. Sometimes. And so I know that you've done a lot through credit unions. I've yeah. had good experience with credit unions. Well, let's And it be just honest. depends on the conversation, really. The, I, I
0: have two cars I financed in the last calendar year one was the 05 Mini and one was the 06 Lotus. Both of them were technically outside of the range of cars they offered loans for. That's what I was but thinking I am about. I'm a returning customer. Right. And I have paid off cars with them before, and I was able to show them the cars I was buying and how those cars were in the medium to to low part of the value of the car I was buying. I wasn't buying the most expensive of that in the country and going, would you finance this for me? So all of these things were factors. We are, honestly, to answer this question, I am not normally shying away from anything because of how old it is. Mm -hmm. I assume Mm -hmm. if you find one, then you will seek out the way to pay for it. And that may take some digging. I mean, you can also go, there's, there's lenders, that I think Haggerty does it, but others do it as well. There are lenders that are just about older cars. So you can actually oh, find yeah. places that yeah, do yeah. that too. So I'm assuming that if you are chasing that car, you will figure out how to pay for it. There are a million little factors, and it does often come down to that relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're we're less concerned necessarily about actually figuring out the ins and the outs of how much is your down payment, and let's do that. I mean, we're not you know, Well, and our math skills our are time. poor. Our oh, math yeah. skills are, let's be honest, they're just poor. I went yeah. to art school, all right? Let me alone. When the bill comes at the end of the dinner, I generally try to hand it off to somebody else. <laughs> or I pull out my phone. And
0: it's your phone. Your phone will save us all. Yeah, for sure. Uh, quick t- crack track, Daily Crush from Michael. Do you see this one on Facebook? Oh, and haven't seen it yet. It's the wagon edition. Oh, we were on wagons already. CTSV wagon. Mercedes A45 AMG, which we didn't even mm. get here
1: and the Panamera GTS track daily crush. The A45 AMG is a tiny little thing, by the tiny way. Tiny little thing,
0: yes, it is.
1: Oh, ooh.
0: Yeah, hard. Harder, is, than, harder than you'd think.
1: Yeah, yeah, face value seems easy.
0: I um, I actually think, I actually think, I'm surprised to say this, I'm crushing the Caddy.
1: Are you? You love Caddy. I caddies. really like the
0: CTS V wagon with the six-speed. Yeah, I do I like them. it. I do like it. But I think I'd rather daily the Panamera GTS and hoon A45.
1: That's funny. I was thinking I'm mixed between track use for the Panamera or the A45. But I, I think the Panamera, even though it's a GTS, it's going to be a big, heavy thing on track. It's a, heavy it's a, it's a track. big
0: car on track. It's a well, they all. I mean, CTS V wagon also a huge car on track.
1: Well, yeah, and I do love them. Mm-hmm, I just don't great. love them enough to supersede the two European cars over here for me. The A45 and the Panamera, the Panamera GTS is a wonderful daily driver.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a daily driver, short commute, long commute, whatever. You'd Yikes. be very happy. The CTS V wagon, I hate to think about crushing one of those, especially with the six speed, because that's a special car.
1: I'm surprised. you hard. Crushed the Caddy. I, I'm just I, I'm trying to think it through. Wow, good for you. All the right, la-
0: well, the laugh factor is actually best on the CTS V, though. If we if this was a <laughs> which one makes <laughs> if that's you laugh, what you're going for the CTS V. Yes. Done
1: rich j writes about pdk transmissions in 2009 and and later porsches Oh nine was when the pdk was first available on caymans mm-hmm. and 911s and he said they're generally not repairable honestly rich i haven't heard too much about pdk's going bad necessarily but if this is what you've heard or experienced i am this is this is new to me i'm I'm uh, interested in digging here. I'm not surprised they're not repairable, though, because the dual clutch in the
0: Mitsubishi is the same thing. Essentially, the yeah. types go, your transmission's bad. Congratulations, here's your new transmission. It's, it's, it's painful. I'm it sure, but
1: I guess I haven't heard it of enough instances. I, I haven't heard a of either. Especially PDKs. I agree. We hear more about the IMS bearing than anything else, but yeah. PDKs, and now you're right, they are old enough, almost coming up on 10 years, to start hearing of, all right, over time with mileage, Generally speaking, they're built to be beat on. I mean, they have kind of—they certainly have been refined by us and many the others, yes. He says, you know, they're replacing at a cost with a comma, but the out-of-warranty expense goes way by beyond normal maintenance costs in most owners' eyes. Well, I think any owner's eyes. Yeah, you shouldn't be replacing dual-clutch transmissions. That's horrible.
0: <laughs> welcome to a <laughs> welcome to a five-figure cost. Interesting. Probably. I bet you it's every bit of eight to ten grand. I bet you. Oh, I'm sure it's every yeah. bit
1: of that. But you're right, Rich. It's a big deal if if you're unlucky and it goes. But again, I just haven't heard of that many. I haven't heard of this plague of PDKs just disintegrating the or PDK
0: plague I... tonight on TMJ. <laughs> <laughs> TMC. <I'd... laughs> anyway, uh, I okay.
1: haven't heard of this. Yes, it's a problem. But think of this. I mean, what about the what about your car? Yes got the dual clutch what about Uh, bmw's dcts yes how about volkswagen's dcts Mm -hmm. if this is really a problem then that's going to be a big deal and it's going to rear its ugly head but the dominoes yeah you know porsche has retuned things over the years and refined things so by i would say 2011 and 12 when they started to get really good i don't know that they're going to have a big problem hmm Please correct me if I'm wrong. I could be very wrong here, but people were warming to the concept of PDKs when they were available yeah. in 09. Yeah, for sure. They did exist, but people were still thinking, "All right, what's what's all this then? What's what's all this then? It's a, is it going to be truly better than a manual? Am I mm-hmm. going to now opt for it? And now Porsche has proven that they customers do. Yeah, but if it is a plague, please let us know. I, I just haven't, like I said, heard of enough instances to be. Well, concerned, I guess. I was
0: reading Uh, recently that 10% of Caymans and Boxers worldwide, 10% are bought with a manual. Everybody else is doing PDK.
1: Of the new? The new ones. The new 718s? Yeah. That's low. People are opting for this transmission. But I
0: also read at the same time, I read that uh, the U.S. is the largest market for manuals, more than 10%. Is it really? I I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm very surprised as well. But it has to do with the kind of owner that's buying, I guess. There are so many good questions. Uh, it, Patton, I'm going to acknowledge you because you were just here for the meetup. You said you had a great time at the meetup. I'm so glad so did we. You're asking if we're going to make it an annual thing. I'd kind of like to have an annual Utah meetup, but I'm not going to guarantee that We're not going there yet. That Let yet. us recover first. Yes, but, but it would be very cool yes, if that happened. Yes. Uh, David Pirro wrote in and asked uh, about the rally art. Actually, he's, he's leading towards something. He's asking me a question I'm going to answer real quick. But, David, you've reminded me that we, Paul and I, are going to do a Topic Tuesday on buying a car out of state. Oh, yes, right. We've both now bought cars out of state, sight unseen, shipped to us. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about how did that go down, what strategies do we recommend, how do we think you should tackle that. I am going to answer one quick question. David asked, what's a fair price for a pre-purchase inspection in my experience, my recent experience? Uh, I would say 75 $80 and below. Going to depend on who's the shop. Going to depend on where are you in the country. I had two done in two different states. One was 65, one was 45.
2: Hmm, okay?
0: Hmm. So it's going to be a, a percentage of their hourly rate. Now, now, if you get a specialty car, I got a, like, 10-page pre-purchase inspection done on the Lotus, which is the official one you're supposed to do. It was done by a Lotus tech. It cost me 300 dollars mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that car is not normal. So that's that blows the whole equation out of the water. But if you take your typical car to a mechanic who does a pre-purchase inspection, it should be under $100. bucks. i am going to guess someone we're in the $75 range.
1: It's a question from Allison M. on Facebook. Oh, I saw this. Telling us that there's a good chance she'll be introducing her boyfriend to the podcast with this particular episode. And she wanted a rant out of me. I couldn't help. It's like low-hanging fruit. <laughs> her question is, what is our least favorite design trend from the Paris Motor Show? Okay. I actually kind of have two. Well, the third is not really a design trend, but the two are proportion to start with. Okay. Every manufacturer has the same CUV or SUV proportion. Mm, mm-hmm. Not that it needs to be different for the sake of different, because we still need to package people and gear and luggage sure, and sure. drivetrain in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. But it just seems like wow, the you know the Koreans are looking like the French cars over there, and it it lends itself more towards people's comments about. No, they all look the same. Hmm. What's different? Well, the headlights and the grille are different. Everybody's modeling everything after a small five-seat CUV. It's that same. We're seeing it more and more. And then they say, well, the differentiator is now it's an e-hybrid. So now it gets 50 miles on the electric range. Who cares? (laughs) Uh, Okay. What's my compelling reason? Is it style? And how does the car drive? We almost don't care about the badge. I mean... We do, but you know what I mean. But you and
0: I, but that's the key thing. You and I have always tried to drive cars as if the badge didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Now, you can add the badge and the history and the whatever, but take all of that away. Mm -hmm. Is it a good car to drive? Yeah, for sure. Speaking of rants and cars to drive, I was just mentioning this to you in passing earlier today. I'm starting to notice something, and I feel like it's one of those things, you know, you have those realizations that exist kind of like on the the fringes of your awareness. And then all of a sudden it, like, converges, and now you can't stop seeing whatever it is you've just realized. Right. I've had that driving-related in the past week. Oh, no. Okay. I know the joke is Prius drivers. I know that's the joke. But I have seen plenty of Prius drivers, to your credit, going quite fast. I have seen plenty Mm. of Prius drivers like the guy that just went by me is trying to get somewhere in his Prius. I've seen plenty of that. Where am I? I don't know. Where have I been? Granted, you can have the slow Prius driver. I get it. It exists. It's a cliche because it does exist. However, maybe it's just a Utah thing, but I've noticed a disturbing trend. Okay. And I'm going to start looking out for it because I want to see how bad the trend is. But I feel like all of a sudden I'm aware it's like that that, that itch that suddenly I'm scratching and going, no, that is the problem. <laughs> Here's the deal. Okay. As we've talked about, the Rocky Mountains is the official area of Subaru, and the Pacific Northwest. But Rocky Mountains yes. is a lot. Okay. Yes. There's 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 quite a few Subarus in our local area. However, most of the time when I'm behind a driver going inexplicably slowly, I don't mean like. I want to speed on the freeway and you don't. I mean, like, the speed limit's 35 and we're doing 25. Mm-hmm. We're getting mm-hmm. on the freeway at, you know, 30. Yeah. I, I hate to say it, but I feel like 75% of those cars are white Subaru Outbacks. I, I'm i agreeing with that. I don't you. know why. I don't know why. And, and if you drive a white Subaru Outback... I, please, drive fast and prove me wrong. That's fine. But I'm just saying the number of times that I'm like, why are we going this slowly? I've suddenly realized that's what's going on. White Super Outbacks are bought by I, I, either people that are not interested in driving and are looking at their phone <laughs> yeah. or are terrified by the concept. And also, the Outback's gotten big, too. Oh, it's, it's large and it's, in charge It's now. almost the size of the GMC Acadia. Yeah. Think about that. It's almost the size of the GMC Acadia, and it's supposed to be a wagon. And now it's going slowly, which if you drive small cars like I do, at least in the case of the Lotus, that's a rolling roadblock.
1: Allison, this leads to, leads me to my other rant on oh, design. Oh, more rants. Now with more rants. And that is too many white cars at the Paris Motor Show. Too many white yeah. cars in general. Okay. And I'm going to say about white, if you own a white car, this is not a shot at you, but white is the cheapest paint available. There is no <laughs> pigment <laughs> yeah, in white point. paint. It's the base color. I feel about white cars like Todd feels about silver cars. It's rattle can primer gray and he yeah, thinks all silver think. cars yeah. and grays even though there is subtle tones. And not a fan. Subtle tones. There's chalk from Porsche. Come Stop on. It. Yeah. Anyway, I feel about white that it's it doesn't set off the design of the car in the best way. If you buy a production car with white, fine. But mm-hmm. to show it at the Paris Motor Show, fair point. The fair show point. on the planet, yeah. The, and it's in white about
0: design, yeah.
1: And I cannot understand the forms of the car. I cannot see that beautiful shape that you've come up with because it's body in white. It's yeah. a, it's decorator white. It's whatever. And you can argue with me about pearlescent. Yes, it is more expensive, but it's in the same category. <laughs> <laughs> For white, yes, go with a beautiful color. Byton, the video that I did at Pebble Beach. This is soon, the electric yeah, yeah. car company. This yeah, is yeah. a quick video, we didn't get to drive them, but we will at some point. These electric cars coming out. The color on that car was even had a cool name. It was this violet lavendery thing. Okay. Tanzanite moondust. Come on. Tanzanite moondust? Come on, that's wow. even a cool name. They worked hard on this name. They, they
0: did. I think they worked too hard on it. But I hope, Maybe, I hope the car, but at the least cars it cars wasn't white. Yeah, okay, fair point. Uh, Ted the Theologian asked about winter tires. We are getting into that season. What winter tires do we run? He's got Goodyear Ultra Grips on his FRS. Is considering donating this th- those to his wife's Prius and putting on some Nokian Hacapolita, which is just fun to say. It's just, a, just it's my new Nokian, password. Nokian Yeah Okay, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, I've known some people here locally that have the Nokians and love them. Okay, mm-hmm. I've actually never had some. They're very expensive, but they're awesome tires. I highly recommend them. I will also say I have run Blizzaks multiple seasons on multiple cars and really like those. Uh, I'm going to try the Michelin X Ice 3, I think, on the, the Rally Art because I'm just curious about those tires. I've heard good things about those as well. Those three I would recommend all day long. Everyone I know, myself included, that has run any of those three
1: tires has said great things about them in winter weather. Hayden wrote to us on Facebook, Hayden, thanks so much for joining us on the Utah Meetup and yes, I mentioned the Miata being the king of the track because they don't break. They're at ninety-two miles an hour in the front straightaway, but then they don't break. They just cruise past <laughs> you in the corners because everybody's hot onto the brakes. Yeah, at it the is, end of the straightaway. Excuse me, pardon me. Excuse me. And pardon this me. thing just weaves in between everybody else and decimates you in the corners. How about a two hundred plus rear-wheel drive turbo Miata, two hundred horsepower? Yeah, turbo Miata. Yeah, that that actually might be the trick. I mean, there's flying Miatas and monster Miatas, but Maybe a turbo would be nice. Holy cow! Uh, Garage Heroes in Training said my son and I are debating the best single car
0: for everything. Mm. Okay, if a law was passed, we could only have one car each. Fifty to sixty grand is allowable. What is the do everything car? Ooh, I'm gonna go Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. You're all about those cars. I love those it. cars are awesome. I love it. Seriously, haul the family, haul the mail. That car is amazing on a back road. I would, we have tracked it, in fact. And not only would I track it, we have tracked it. Yeah. We were at Motor Press Guild Track Day hooning that car around, and it was brilliant on the track, genuinely fun on the track. A little big for autocross, but my gosh, it was good on Willow Springs. So I enjoyed that. It's a fun car to just be in. It it goes super fast when you want it to. Yep, that's my single car.
1: I love it. All right, so last question for me <laughs> for this podcast is from Racer 183 on Instagram. Thanks for writing to us. You saw the 2020 Jaguar F-Type is getting a BMW motor, BMW engine. How do mm-hmm. we stop this from happening? <laughs> the world needs less complicated BMW parts. Yeah, yeah. How do we stop it? Cost-sharing. Cost it's going to be inevitable. I mean, mm. Aston's with Mercedes engines and you know, yeah. more boutique car manufacturers. The only saving grace, Knox, that we have is if they proliferate with newer, more interesting models and they give us more as enthusiasts, and okay, they're still they're find a niche car. these engines, but if Jaguar, say, still gives us a cool point. new product, and yeah. all right, the powertrain is not bespoke, it's not the mm-hmm. same kind of stuff, and it happens to be a complicated BMW engine. All right, but look at this cool new thing. Let's hope so. But they also have to tune it to be Jaguar-esque. They have to tune that exhaust. What What is that?
0: Does it have a special spice in it? What's going
1: on? It, How is it Jaguar-esque? It's spice, but it's, it's the kind that drives emotion in your heart. And we all know emotion is directly connected to Visa and MasterCard. That's true, yeah. Thank you guys so much for writing in. We really appreciate it. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Technology Truths, brought to you by Geico. Technology
2: Truths.
1: Truth, you will certainly send
0: any text about your supervisor to your supervisor.
2: What's with Janet Spang's? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? (laughs)
1: LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so
0: easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com.
1: Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something.
0: GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere.